30 minutes or less podcast. Um, I am taking the podcast today for a change um, and I'm joined by Orla Clancy of Fighting Fit Mama. Um, Orla is a women specialist, so she trains women and she has a special interest in all things pre and postnatal. Um, so we've had lots of questions regarding returning to um, exercise after pregnancy and things like that um, and Orla is someone who has taught me a lot about that topic especially in how to take kind of the theory that I would have learned from a lot of the courses I've done and kind of how to make that more practical and be able to apply it in a way that helps our clients. So we are going to jump in um, we are going to start by talking about the six week check because that is obviously what a lot of women and trainers use kind of as their, I suppose, guide as to whether someone is ready to return to exercise or not. Um, so I guess, Orla, what are your thoughts around that? So the infamous six week check, um, I do remember after my first son was born, waiting for that green light, waiting for the, you're good to go, good to off go. we go, six weeks. Um, I never took into account, account that I nearly died when I had my first son, I got septicemia, um, I recovered quite well, um, but I did, I was literally, literally on death's door, but I still wanted that six week check so that I would have that green light, good to go back to doing what I was doing. So I did nothing um, up until six weeks. Um, so it's actually, I suppose, detrimental in a way that I did absolutely nothing. Yes, I was very sick, but um, there's plenty that you can do before the six week check. You can move your body in, in a way that I suppose I like to call it movement for my clients versus an actual structured like workout. Training or something, yeah. So you don't have to get into your workout gear, you can do a couple of cat cows, some hip hinge movement, glute bridges, like really, really basic movements. And you can start going for short walks as well once you feel like you have the energy to do so. So that's one side of it that you can actually start moving before your yeah. six week check, yeah. depending on how you're feeling. Like if you're really, really sick and really, really tired and not really getting sleep, not training is as good as training as well, right? Absolutely. Um, but what tends to happen with the six week check is um, it's kind of perceived as, okay, I'm good to go, everything is good, yeah. I can get back to doing what I want to do. Um, and then there's no graded return to yeah. exercise and people, me included, uh, I definitely felt like this after my first son was born, thought that I could just take up where I left, where off, left off, forgetting the fact that not only did I labor, give birth, um, it doesn't matter how you give birth, I, I still give birth, but I was also pregnant for nine months and doing less than, especially in those last yeah, couple yeah. of the weeks and months than um, I had been used to. So your conditioning, your fitness, your, your, um, your body is going to feel less fit than it used to, but your brain is ready for more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's finding a way to satisfy your hunger to get back to exercise, but with also honoring your body and knowing then how to progress and how to get back to where you want to be but with guidance and structure and um, that supports where your body's currently at and your six-week check could be very different to my six-week yeah. check depending again on how your pregnancy was how you're recovering since your birth but also how the birth was yeah. so you have different grades of tears you might have an episiotomy you might have had no tear yeah. you might have had assisted delivery and um, you might just not be coping the way somebody else is coping maybe you don't have the same kind of um, support or, or care like maybe you're living somewhere where you don't have family to help mind the baby yeah. you know maybe you're a single parent all of these things really matter maybe you're not but we can talk about yeah that yeah, yeah and I think a big thing for me that I never realized until I actually started to talking to like women you know and clients in the gym and stuff was that like a lot of the time with a six-week check mom isn't even really checked 
yeah. it's a lot of focus on the baby which is great like obviously we want baby to get checked but it's like we're using this checkup as a green light to go but you haven't actually been checked so it's yeah. kind of like that was like a big revelation to me as someone who hasn't had kids I was like what so we're yeah. using this as our like yeah you're okay to exercise but you haven't actually been checked by anyone and it's kind of like you know I think that just kind of added another level then of like not questioning it but being like okay we need to take more into consideration here than just that one absolutely. half hour visit or whatever if it's even half hour <laughs> yeah absolutely and you can put in you, you can put up a, like the doctor is going to say how are you feeling how are you getting on and like if if you're you know not coping well you can still put on and I'm coping fine, fine for you everything's fine you know and and everything might be fine but there has to be more and that's I suppose where pelvic health physio uh, for me is um, a very very useful I used to I suppose I used to think every single woman has to have an appointment with a pelvic health physio Um, I've I've changed my opinion on that and because I suppose I know I know the kind of questions to ask so if someone comes to me I will ask um, questions that will delve a little bit, bit deeper So I will always recommend pelvic health physio, but not everybody, first of all, has the funds for it. Yeah. Not everybody has the the grow for it. You yeah, know, it is, yeah, yeah. it is potentially invasive, yep. um, but not not always. Um, but you can also get a pelvic health physio assessment in the hospital as well. And that's important to know as well that if in those first six weeks you're, you're not feeling great, if you're having symptoms, if you're leaking, if you're feeling heaviness, if you're not feeling quite right down below, you can be referred back to the hospital free of charge within that care um, system. But there are private physios as well that can can do the same. And that can be very um, insightful into how you're physically recovering, how your pelvic floor control and management is, how your abdominal wall is recovering. So every woman is going to have a diastasis at the end of their pregnancy, which is ab separation, what most people know it as. Um, most people, you know, that returns to, you know, optimal function within mm-hmm. kind of eight weeks. Other people, it doesn't, mm-hmm. and it, it can be great um, insights to get that information yeah, yeah. from the pelvic health physio. So then you know how fast or how green is that light? Kind of what you're doing with it. And I suppose right? it's like any kind of, you know, any kind of physio visit, isn't it? Like as a as a trainer, then for for us here anyway, like it really helps us because then I can be like, because obviously, like I'm not a physio. I have. A fair understanding of you know the body and stuff but like I'm not a physio and I think sometimes getting that feedback from a physio for us is like okay now I kind of know what we're kind of working towards what we're kind of working with so like it's definitely really helpful from our perspective as well but I guess you were saying there that like you would kind of know what questions to kind of ask to kind of you know gauge whether someone did maybe need extra kind of you know um, an extra visit from a physio and stuff when a client kind of comes back what kind of things are you looking out for that people might even themselves maybe be like oh okay yeah so everybody says from the second you get pregnant are you doing your kegels are you doing your pelvic floor yeah. exercises are you doing your kegels your pelvic floor is going to be shot to am I, am I allowed curse on this <laughs> I'm sure it's um, fine <laughs> you know it's all about your pelvic floor squeezing and all that right but um there's there's also um a tendency to over recruit yeah. those muscles yeah. and like, contrary to popular belief it's not always Um, muscle weakness that leads to pelvic floor I'm going to use the word dysfunction but I hate the word dysfunction but pelvic floor less than less than optimal functioning Um, so you can actually experience tightness in your pelvic floor postpartum your pelvic floor muscles can spasm after the birth depending on how traumatic it was etc so I would ask questions like um, I always get to giggle are you experiencing any painful sex because I mean who does um, within the first couple of months well you know um, 
you might be if you're experiencing constipation constipation can be uh, an indicator of tight pelvic floor muscles but it can also cause Contributors, pelvic floor muscles yeah. so there, it, it's kind of a case of chicken and egg mm-hmm. um, if you're experiencing leaking uh, if you're returning to exercise and you're experiencing leaking quite early in a movement so let's say after the first jump if you've introduced impact yep. that might be an indication an indication that there's um, muscle recruitment is too much or yeah, too yeah, high yeah. Um, versus letting the pelvic floor do its job like you would be jumping on a trampoline yep. letting the pelvic floor muscles relax um, other indications are hip pain low back pain um, things you know low back pain is almost kind of part and parcel of having a child or having yeah. a baby but it's not actually always you don't have to experience back pain just because you're lifting car seats and buggies but it can indicate that maybe the pelvic floor muscles are, are tight there can be lots of reasons then with, re- with regard to um, weakness you're looking for any any kind of heaviness dragging yeah. feeling in the pelvic floor down the pelvic ear area anything that feels like you know like a tampon is inserted incorrectly can be a nice uh, cue to ask someone um, and again leaking is another another contributing factor or again any pain so some of the so symptoms just, are similar yeah, they overlap, yeah. but it's about trying to to find out um, you know pain typically pelvic pain or postpartum um, um, pubic synthesis right. can also be an indicator that maybe there's tightness in the pelvic floor so there's lots of lots of ways but ask leading questions and then if someone has chosen they haven't gone to a pelvic health physio then you could say well maybe a pelvic health physio it might be, a might be um, an option for you to find out more yeah, about yeah, how yeah. your body's functioning so yeah, yeah and I think one of the biggest things that I learned from you is like I think when I kind of did you know like various courses and stuff like I actually to be fair I think it's changing a bit now with kind of later courses I did and stuff I think very early on it's like if someone has x like there's a list of things you can't do and it's like you know if someone always oh, know for example if you're doing jumping jacks and someone leaks it's like can't do jumping jacks and that also means you can't run and it also means you can't always oh, know do box jumps or whatever and I remember I can't remember where it was. Uh, anyway, um, we were at something and you were kind of saying like, no, 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 it just means you have to kind of maybe change how you're doing it. So you need to look for, I think it was something you said, like you need to look for the difference that makes a difference or something yes, like that. Anthony Lowe's yeah, Anthony Yeah, so and it was kind of like, and that massively changed things for me because before I'd have been like, oh God, this happened, we'll just stop because I don't know what, like, I don't know what to do next. Whereas now it's like, okay, that happened. Can we change how you're doing something? So yeah. can we change maybe your stance? Can we maybe change, you know, a big one is obviously the breathing kind of, are they holding their breath? Yeah. Um, and again, with that, I was like, you always have to be there in the exhale. And you were like, but do you? Yes, yeah. You know, right. and it was just things like that. But I think, you know, do you come across a lot of clients who have kind of like, you know, have been diagnosed with whatever it is, prolapse or kind of pelvic floor kind of issues or something like that? Do you find they come with a thing, list of things in their head where they're like, I can't do this anymore? Yeah, I, there's definitely, um, especially with, with prolapse, there's definitely... Uh, a fear of returning back to doing the thing right or whatever the the movement is whether it's running box jump skipping um, or even exercise because there is that fear when the when there's a, a diagnosis of a prolapse that I'm broken that there's something wrong with me and and um, then you just stop doing everything and it's very general now not everybody set not everybody does but then what happens is you get deconditioned and then it just becomes impossible in your in your your brain and your body to go well I don't even know where to start where do I right? start yeah so um I I've I, I a, a very um I suppose close relationship with those kind of clients because I love to see 
the joy in their face when they get back doing something that they have decided or thought that they couldn't that they do, couldn't do. Um, and it can be really special and seeing how they get strong and all that and you are again another quote from Anthony Lowe is you are more than your vagina right so uh, getting strong in your whole body cannot it can actually reduce or even eliminate any of those heaviness symptoms that you're feeling so your pelvic floor or muscles are one set of muscles but you've got so many other muscles in your body so let's get the whole body stronger and to take away some of the, yeah, the pressure yeah. of, of one set of muscles Doing being everything. the be all and end all, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it is, it is quite a, a privilege, I guess, to work with people like that and seeing them See actually the explore strength and, you know, think outside the box. Yeah, 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 no, it makes sense. And I think that's like another big thing you said to me was like, I was like, Orla, I need a list, like I'm all about lists. I love lists but I was like I need a list of exercises that I can do for people's pelvic floors and you were like just get them stronger just get them stronger overall and that for a lot of people is going to be enough yeah. like if their glutes are stronger their yeah. hamstrings are stronger their core in general is stronger like for a lot of people that's potentially going to be enough not yeah. for everyone but for a lot of people like strength training in general is training yeah. for your pelvic floor for there whatever else nothing like the feeling of being strong or feeling ah. strong in your body and I like feeling strong and being strong like you are strong you know you yeah. just have to believe it right yeah. to, to be able to progress absolutely and i think um, that feeling of strength like literally goes so far outside the gym then yeah. like i think you find like clients who like have gotten stronger start like standing up to themselves more they're like putting themselves forward to things they wouldn't have done before and it's yes. all just because they have that confidence and been like i didn't think i could do that and i did it and yes. it just kind of yeah, yeah it's a really nice 100%. thing to see <laughs> um i guess then one thing that comes up a lot with kind of clients as well that are returning after having babies and stuff is kind of the whole, and obviously like this created a big rabbit hole too. <laughs> we'll try not to. <laughs> um, we're good, we got like, no, we got, we're 30 minutes in, we're good. Um, <laughs> is the whole thing of, you know, kind of body image and feeling uncomfortable in our bodies. Now obviously I haven't got kids, so I can't fully understand what that feels like. But I think, you know, we'd have clients going back who are like very keen to like jump straight into like weight loss and getting back to where they were and, mm you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I guess you, you probably have clients that come in with that yeah. as well. Where do you, where would you kind of start? Because it is quite a difficult one because it's you- very tough. You want to try and, you know, obviously acknowledge what they're saying because like, I can understand, like if your body changes massively over nine months, like it must feel really different and it must be difficult to be in a body that maybe doesn't feel like your body anymore. Yes, and, and it's, not, it's not enough to just say, don't worry about the weight loss we'll, we'll talk to you later about that because that's then not acknowledging the yeah goal. yeah yeah I, i'll tell you a personal story if i can um i have two boys my first son uh we were getting married seven and a half months after he was born we had the date set even bef before i had him we were trying to think you know how, how how long will it take me to recover kind of thing yeah um so I went straight into, I need to get back to my fighting weight, fighting fit mama, that's where the name kind of came <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah, being a kickboxer, fighting weight or fighting fit was my kind of goal. I wanted to use the date of my wedding to get back to my fighting weight, right? Mm -hmm. And I did, and um, I did it uh, very strict. I was very strict at my food. It was torture. I went all out on my wedding day with eating all the things. Um, that I had denied myself for the whole seven months. I was also breastfeeding. If you recall, I was recovering from septicemia. So I wasn't nourishing my body um, optimally. And when my second son was born, uh, I had none of those goals. And I kind of started down the same route. But there was one day I just woke up and I went, what if I just yeah. 
what if I just had like more fruit, more veg? I think I was doing the Girls Gone Strong course at the time. What if I just like had all the food that I wanted to eat? And that's what I did, right? And when I got to around seven months postpartum, I decided I'll just weigh myself there for the crack to see what I am. And it was mind blowing to me because I weighed the exact same that I weighed on my wedding day after doing none of the restriction and all of the healthy eating. And it was a, I actually have goosebumps talking about it because it was, it was a revelation to me that has helped me kind of identify with my clients now because I know the moment I had my first son or the day after, even, even dealing with all the sickness, I couldn't understand why I still looked pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, why do I still look pregnant? I'm fit, I'm healthy, I trained through my pregnancy. So it is very hard as a, a woman or female who identifies a- athletically um, to look at your body and feel the softness because the, the round belly is gone. You've got softness in your belly that doesn't feel like it exists or should exist there. Um, and I suppose it's just about having compassion for where you are now versus where you want to be and both are actually possible at the same time so um, it does take time I would say forget about calorie deficits focus on nourishment yeah. focus on protein and focus on just all the colors in your food and, yeah. and um, yes the weight loss will come but it doesn't have to be an upward struggle yeah 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 no I think you're spot on I think you know it's kind of that thing of like you know like almost focusing on like you know the habits and kind of the behaviors and it's like the outcome over time probably will almost kind of take care of itself in the sense that you like you know if we focus like we're always really big here on like focusing on like adding in because the minute anyone like you said is like oh i want to even not even if it's weight loss but just if it's feeling a bit healthier or whatever the first thing they do is they go i'm gonna cut x y and z out and it's like what if you kept a little bit of x y and z and just focus on like you said adding in the protein what's what's what are you looking for to cut it out you know, like there, there's that protein is just, you, you want to feel full, you want to feel satisfied. But I, I think you said in one of your, because I listened to your podcast, yeah. was it the food? Did you do one on nutrition? Yeah. Um, you said something about, um, geez, I've lost my thought now. Oh, you're good. You said something that really resonated. Oh yeah, food is just supposed to be enjoyed, right? Yeah. I mean, anytime yeah. I was cutting weight for competitions, I would be, jo- I would just hate the world. Yeah, no. Like, oh my God, get away. My husband, before we were married, used to come home with Dino's with the week before my fighting, and I used, to, I used to literally hate him. Like, don't come in. Smell <laughs> Stay, the away. Stay away. Stay um, away. But now it's like, yeah, have a little bit of it. What's wrong with having a little Absolutely. bit of it? Absolutely. And actually, having a little bit stops you having all of it. Yeah, or having a little bit continuously yeah. throughout the week. You had mentioned that stops as well. Stops you having it all on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, eating all the food. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I think like you know, if if I suppose like when it comes to nutrition, kind of you know, in the postpartum or postnatal period, like it's about keeping it simple. You have so much going on like you have you know not the stress of having well it's maybe yes, the stress of having right. a new baby it's, it's a human that you have to take care of yeah right? like the lack of sleep like your body's still recovering even if you're like you know gone past the six weeks like you yeah. know i think that's another thing that really kind of stuck with me from like you know i think it was like grania donnelly and i can't remember who else was doing that talk but they were saying that like you know we think of like surgery if someone got surgery on like their knee or their shoulder like we would give that recovery time and we'd be like yeah that'll take whatever many weeks whereas like when you're pregnant it's like oh six weeks yeah good and you Go. think you're supposed to be okay mentally and physically yeah. at six weeks and you're not no right? not at all and that's i suppose back to the nutrition that's where protein for me i'm like ah now i have a reason for eating more protein because this is going to help me recover more versus seeing it as this is a weight loss target this yeah. is a weight loss yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a mindset shift and yeah. the, i suppose the fitness industry 
um, when they focus on 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 fat loss and all that and get your get your body back and all that I like it, it I do find it triggering because I, I did feel like that was something that I had to prove to everybody to to get back to looking like I never had a baby or to get back to yeah. you know totally unrealistic yeah. and it is like and it's a pressure put on women and like i was even thinking they're like when i was writing it down i was saying oh the pressure should like like bounce back and be back to where you were post baby and so on and so on and i was actually thinking i don't know if you watch selling sunsets but there was your one christine in selling sunsets and she literally had a baby like i don't know was it like four weeks ago and she was in selling sunsets and like her seven inch heels like doing headstands and yoga and i was looking at it being like this is just like another like there's millions of examples but like i just think like things like that like that's just like putting so much pressure on women when actually most women aren't that's not the reality for a lot of and also right just to really add a little bit of controversy in there (laughs) right because i remember um one of my postnatal classes back at kind of back when i started i used to ask you know in the group how's everyone feeling and you know it's a motherhood's heart and blah 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 blah, Mm -hmm. blah and there was one girl and she turned around and she said is it okay that i feel fine is it okay that I feel That's like I can point. do more? That's a fair point. And, yeah. and I thought, yeah, you know what? Why why shouldn't you yeah. progress faster or at a different pace than somebody else? Like, do you have to feel like crap? Not That's, always. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I actually Something, have two clients yeah. that have definitely challenged my bias there. I have one client who yeah. came back. She came back after six weeks and we took the first few weeks slow. And, you know, I was doing kind of body weight stuff and slowly building up the, the weight and kind of the volume she was doing and making sure everything felt okay. And then I realized, she was like, I want to get back running and stuff. And I was like, there's time, yeah, like yeah. whatever. And then she went to a, a women's health physio, a pelvic health physio. And she was like, as far as I'm concerned, you were, you know, okay to go back running. So she started back running. And then very quickly I realized, I was like, no, this woman fine. is well able for yeah. way more than I've been giving her, which was a good learning point too. And now she's back, you know, squatting, deadlifting, yeah. you know, heavy weights again. But I think, you know, like sometimes it's actually challenging your own biases as well. And being Absolutely. like, actually, okay, I... You know, yeah. I maybe was was wrong there as yeah. well. So that and, is really interesting. That, I found that as well, and I found I always I found like, am I holding people back because I'm afraid to progress them, or like you know, they're if they're ready and they know, like they have been, especially if you've been to a public health physio, but you also know your own body, and once you know, I call it a symptom checker. Once I have a list of things to look out for, and then if you are symptomatic, how can we scale it? It doesn't mean you have to stop. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to like completely stop running no. or what have you. But there are ways of you know split your run into two, take a walk halfway, go at a different pace, change your shoes, like don't drink coffee before you go. And out. actually, like, I was gonna say even I think it was really you actually said it in the talk that you gave was that things that like it's not always just the exercise. Like there's other things like you were saying like the caffeine, like sleep. stress, all go that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, it's it's so it's so like you said there challenging your biases is is fun and also really scary. <laughs> terrifying <laughs> really scary. terrifying but i think it's realizing that like you know our bodies are resilient and even like still even having a baby like they're still resilient and they are still strong and i think it's realizing as well that like for me was that like look if i do something with a client and it's too much that's fine we'll just take a step back. step back i think the problem is if you like keep doing too much and yeah. ignore the fact that it's too much but or if you go your clients cues like i will always ask my client how did you sleep? How are you feeling? How's yeah, your water? What's here. your sport? And if you in. get kind of, I won't, I'm not going to say red flags, but yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. of kind of indicators that, you know, maybe the energy levels are low today, then you can take it slow without saying, okay, well, when you're not allowed to yeah. dance, we'll have you do this and do stretches, sit down. <laughs> like a lot of the clients when they say, okay, so the energy levels aren't great today. I would, like maybe we'll just go at a different pace and they're like, oh, thank God. Do you know? And 
it's it's none of this one more rep one more rep stuff you know we don't yeah. do i don't no we don't, don't either. Like we don't either we don't either unless the client is like i feel good my energy is good i want to go today oh, i'm like okay it. let's go yeah but i think and i actually find as a lot of the time once clients come in and you do take the first set or two easier a lot of the time they actually are like you know what actually i can, I, go, I can go a bit more and if you've given the them day, permission like, to say that yeah exactly and at the end of the day we're working with adults yeah. and once you give them the freedom to um, push when they want to and scale back when they need to then it, it just yeah how are we doing for time? no we're good we got five minutes so sure. i think well i suppose i was going to say two more questions but I, is there anything that maybe you think is important to cover that we haven't covered um it's have uh, things that we haven't covered i know one uh, thing you did mention when we were like when i was emailing you was the return to running oh yeah um i don't know if is there anything else you kind of want to Chat about it instead. The return to running, um, Gronya Donnelly, you mentioned her a while ago, um, they have a really good podcast called At Your Service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, they wrote the return to running guidelines in 2019, um, and I've had the privilege of, of meeting Gronya, um, and there's Emma Brockwell as well, and then there's the Tom Goom, the running coach. Yep. Um, so the, the guidelines are to around 12 weeks is yeah. the, the kind of um, guesstimate for returning yeah. to running. But they also acknowledge that, yes, you can be ready before 12 weeks. And yes, it might be longer than 12 weeks. And then again, they talk about those symptoms to look out for any heaviness, any dragging, any pain, any leaking, um, any persistent DOMS like that would last yeah, more yeah, than yeah. two days. Um, and I so I found they have like a single leg um, kind of stretching checklist. work checklist stuff. They have... Um, the impact testing and stuff like that that you can build into your client stuff but even the return to running guidelines themselves they're 40 pages long and um, they're available free online for people to use but it can be quite um, insightful especially for runners because I think runners are just itching to go straight away <laughs> yeah um, it, it's really informative yeah and, and helpful yeah. and beneficial and it's a very positive messaging as it well is from, actually from and I think that's a really and do you know what it's easy to read like they yeah. have put it together like I would actually think that someone with no like fitness knowledge could actually read that and be like yeah, yeah I kind of get that yeah. I think it's really well put together and I really liked how they took like you said you know all the other factors into account like they had a little bit on like sleep a little bit on like you know whether you're breastfeeding really or not like whether social, yeah, yeah rather than being like you know is your pelvic floor okay good you can go you yeah. know that kind of way <laughs> how do you know your pelvic floor is okay because people don't have you you have a disassociation with your pelvic floor right so I'm 30 um and oh yeah well till the 29th of November um and up until I started doing this pre and postnatal stuff I'm gonna be totally honest I What's knew I had floor? a pelvic floor I couldn't like I didn't know what it was I didn't know what it did I didn't know why it was there and then I started learning about the stuff and it was like my mind was just like yeah oh my god <laughs> I, um, I was talking to a male client the other day um, about men's pelvic floor yeah and we had an interesting yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. about things that well that's a whole other podcast oh. but the, the the thing I was going to say to you before we finish was um around your list of exercises what's safe versus what's unsafe and just to go in there a little bit I suppose you're looking for the perfect sets and reps and how many reps do I do and how many sets do I do and what reps do I take and what exercises do I do and when do I progress to the next one and I was very like that at yeah. the start you can only do this and you're not allowed to do this until then <laughs> yeah. and very very prescriptive but it really is back to what does the client like to do yeah what are they currently trying to uh, return to and how can you scale that in an appropriate way that's achievable for them right now and then progress yeah so progressive overload at its very finest sit-ups i remember sit-ups being oh my god they're the demon you don't ever do sit-ups after you've had a child oh my god why would you even want to 
but like realistically you're getting out of the bed yeah that's a fair point that's a fair point so yeah you mightn't come back and do 500 sit-ups and an amrap of sit-ups for 20 minutes when you return but if the goal is to do sit-ups and crunches and core specific stuff like that then there are ways to scale back find what they can do and then progress forward and like it's it, it is that simple but like it's it's taken me a good few years of all right so that complexity isn't required <laughs> yeah i don't need all those lists you know. anymore but but you know then as well um the more you work with clients um that every single client is different yeah. and what's scaled appropriate for one person is not for another it doesn't matter how newly postpartum or not they are that every single body in every person is different and knowing that is the approach yeah Listen, we're like 28 minutes, 40 seconds. We just about got there. I was like, okay, we we'll wrap it up. Ian will kill me if we go over half an hour. <laughs> um, so guys, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you took something from it. Um, if you do have any questions that came up like as a result of that chat, myself and Nora are more than happy to answer. Um, so feel free to send them through an Instagram or email or anything like that. Um, and yeah, we'll try and get this up as quick as possible. Um, and you'll be able to get it through all the usual kind of outlets that you do um so yeah thanks a million for listening guys and have a good rest of your day